everybody. I'm Gary Ebersol. Richard Kipling here. And I'm Randy Schultz. Welcome to Camp Codger, a podcast for people in their golden years. Join us to hear rocking chair wisdom from three old guys. Earlier this year, we published an episode on ChatGPT after this breakthrough in artificial intelligence, also called AI, created headline news in the popular media. Now that the tempest has calmed a bit, we thought we'd take another look at this technology to explore if the end-of-the-world hyperbole is warranted and whether ChatGPT just might deliver benefits for seniors. Before we dive into this somewhat geeky topic, Richard has opened the mailbag and discovered some letters from camp. Richard, what are we hearing from our listeners? Well, we've got a number of really good letters. The first one is referring to the ageism uh, piece that we did a week or two ago. It's by Roger Smith. He says, one aspect of ageism that Gary may not have encountered as a late-in-life in CEO is the awkwardness some younger bosses have in directing their older workers and the pride-swallowing role older workers can face in reporting to someone much younger. The dynamic flips the traditional relationship of elders guiding the young. It can result in some odd moments that can feel like ageism, even when everyone has good intentions. An example, I was sitting in a conference room with my new colleagues, several of whom outranked me and all of whom appeared to be about half my age. We went around the table introducing ourselves to Megan, another new colleague who was on speakerphone. It turned out that I had someone in common with her. Oh, Megan, I said with enthusiasm, I worked with your grandfather. The shocked looks were easy to translate. How old are you anyway? Despite my age, I blush mightily. I laugh when I recount this anecdote, but I have also learned to downplay my resume unless I am directly asked about them. It helps to reduce the codger quotient. I don't know if that is ageism. Maybe it's just me playing defense, but it's a game I think I need to play. Terrific example, Roger, of a game that several of us have felt the need to play. Another comment is from Rusty Turner. It is about 1968. 1968 certainly wasn't about peace and love. There was strife and bloodshed everywhere, from Chicago to Vietnam to France, where protests by young people, unions, and leftists caused the Le Mans 24-hour sports car race to be rescheduled from June to September. Prior to this, only World War II had caused Le Mans to not happen on schedule. I watched this from a distance as I was stationed at Da Nang in Vietnam. We were ex-college guys, and many had trouble getting their heads around all the protests. I'd been there long enough to know that we were winning all the battles and still losing the war, especially on the battlefield of public opinion. Rusty and Roger, thank you so much for your comments. And folks, please keep your comments coming in. We love to hear from you. Thanks, Richard. During today's show, we take another look at the world of ChatGPT and artificial intelligence. The good news is that ChatGPT has not taken over all the machines in the world, nor has it destroyed humanity. We're still here, and the media has apparently taken a deep breath and stopped hyperventilating over ChatGPT. That said, AI is not going away. We have to recognize that this technology will be part of the digital landscape that will surround us for decades to come. In this conversation, we move on from the apocalyptic scenarios and look at how ChatGPT just might actually be helpful. 
In preparing for this show, we decided to ask ChatGPT what it could do for seniors. Our question to ChatGPT was, we live in a world where an increasing portion of the population is getting older. What can ChatGPT do to help us deal with this aging population that is often living alone? Here's an edited response from ChatGPT. My apologies for the robo-speak. There are several ways that AI technology, like GPT-4, can be beneficial in dealing with an aging population. 1. Support with daily tasks. ChatGPT can help by providing reminders for medication, appointments, or even daily activities like hydration and exercise. 2. Solving cognitive exercises. To help maintain mental agility, GPT-4 can engage users in mind-stimulating exercises, puzzles, or games. 3. Social interaction. Social isolation can be a major issue for the elderly, particularly those living alone. ChatGPT can offer companionship through conversation, storytelling, discussing the news, and more. 4. Healthcare information. ChatGPT can provide information about health conditions, treatments, and management strategies in an easy-to-understand manner. 5. Emergency situations. By integrating with smart home devices, AI like ChatGPT could detect abnormal patterns, like lack of movement for a long time, and send alerts to healthcare providers or family members in potential emergency situations. 6. Learning new skills. ChatGPT can assist in learning new skills or hobbies. 7. Mental health support. AI could provide emotional support and coping strategies, or just lend a patient, non-judgmental ear for people to talk about their feelings. It's worth noting that AI solutions are not a replacement for human care and attention. They are tools that can supplement care, make life easier and more enjoyable for older adults, and provide reassurance for their loved ones. However, privacy and ethical considerations also need to be taken into account when using AI in this manner. Quite honestly, I was taken aback by this response because it almost mirrors thoughts that I have about how ChatGPT could be used to help independent living seniors. More on this in a few minutes. But it was a pretty good answer when taken in its entirety. It could be that ChatGPT has made some significant improvements. I was impressed, to be perfectly honest. Randy, can you envision an area where ChatGPT might benefit specifically seniors? Feel free to elaborate on what GPT offered if you happen to land on the same subject. Well, I mean, a couple of the things from that list are a couple of the things I thought would be a positive way to use chat GPT. For example, healthcare information, even mental health support. So I asked chat GPT, I need to find a home health aide to assist me at my home in St. Louis, where I do not live. How can I find someone willing to help me at home about 30 hours a week? And it gave me a nice point-by-point uh, summary, you know, use online platforms, reach out to a home care agency, how to find one, local hospitals and nursing schools can be sources, uh, referrals, ask doctors and friends and whatnot. I mean, it was a, it was a pretty generic but pretty helpful list of like the first steps to take to, to find a home health aid. And I thought, okay, well, this is, this is probably better than a Google search in that it's simpler. You know, everything's right there. You, you can follow it step by step. I was fairly impressed. Mm. 
Richard, what about you? Anything you think that ChatGPT could do to help seniors? Well, I've read at least three, four articles about how the use of ChatGPT by researchers could benefit health and especially health of some of the conditions that seniors have. Researchers predict that it will bring down the cost of new drug development by a factor of 10. And they also think there will be a considerably shorter development time. We read these stories about things taking five years, 10 years, 12 years to hit the market. A lot of us are going to need those drugs in a lot shorter time. And this seems to promise that. When I looked at what ChatGPT and AI, and I think more broadly AI, could do, I had kind of the same vision that ChatGPT mentioned earlier, this comprehensive integration of all the things that we actually have today. In the home today, we have video cameras. We have smart watches that basically record your pulse and will do an ECG while you're wearing your watch. All of this information is loaded up to your phone and there's no reason it can't be harvested and brought into a centralized location. We've got digital calendars we all use as reminders. I don't know whether you guys do, but I've got a blood pressure monitor that uses Bluetooth to send information to my phone, which there are monitors out there will send information to your chart with your medical system. So all of these things are already there in our houses. If we had a chat GPT system that would integrate them all, I could see how it would make us Mm. all feel a lot more comfortable living alone when we're older. One in four Americans over 60 live alone. Most of us want to stay in independent living. We want to be outside of an assisted living facility as long as we can. And one of the reasons people move away from independent living is because their family's concerned. We don't want you to live alone. We're worried about you. We don't know what's happening. Well, if you start recognizing you've got monitors of all different types, video monitors, pulse monitors, fall detectors that come with these watches, you could basically build an environment using ChatGPT that would provide a lot of monitoring. And it would basically give everybody a higher level of comfort. So I see this integrated system Mm. that ChatGPT could deliver as one of the really great benefits if it could be put together. If you had a loved one living alone and they're in their mid-80s, you'd want to be able to say, is everything okay? One way to find out is to have a motion detector, Mm. several motion detectors. I have six in my house. I'm fairly highly automated, as you would expect from a geek like myself. We turn on our lights by telling, what's her name? I won't use it because she's sitting behind me. (laughs) And she's listening right now. She's listening to everything I say. But she'll turn on the lights. She'll turn them off at night. She'll automatically turn off certain lights at the end of the day. But if a motion sensor was there and somebody hadn't triggered their motion sensor when they normally would have, it would give you an alert. Mm -hmm. Your comment about she who will remain nameless sitting on your counter Isn't that just another form of AI? It is. This is the funny thing about ChatGPT. We use the language as if it was some all-powerful technology, and it's just really a bunch of software, and it's a special form of software, and it's a very innovative form of software. AI has a lot of different ways that it can be implemented. Yeah, I think the future is an integration of a lot of different pieces Mm -hmm. of AI in in this collective thing. And it's going to be remarkable. I mean, you're going to be able to create an online friend, an avatar friend, and have conversations with it if you want to do that. Uh, We're not there yet. 
but I don't think we're that far from it. Yeah, I think you're right. We're not that far from it. In Japan, it's fairly common to use these robotic Robots. furry covered pets. The evidence is clear that it actually helps. Getting back to our topic about how uh, chat GPT can help you in your life, the loneliness factor, somebody to talk to and, and somebody to bounce ideas off of, I think that's a great idea. I asked chat GPT to write me a joke. I'm going to share it with you because it's corny <laughs> and it's exactly what you'd expect from a machine generated thing. Here we go. Two old friends, I'm going to call them Richard and Gary, were enjoying a game of golf at their favorite course. Gary looked at Richard and said, you know, we've known each other for over 50 years. That's right, Gary. Well, do you think when we die, we'll be able to play golf in heaven? And he pondered the question and finally said, well, whoever goes first should inform the other. A few years later, sadly, Richard passed away. And one <laughs> night, Gary was just about to go to sleep when he heard Richard's voice. Gary, I have good news and bad news. Gary sat up and asked, what's the good news, Richard? Richard said, the good news is there's golf in heaven. He was relieved, but he said, okay, so what's the bad news? And Richard said, you have a tea time at 8 a.m. on Tuesday. <laughs> Ooh, that's not bad for a, for a robot. I know, it's not bad. That's a funny joke. <laughs> that's a funny joke. That's cute. I like that one. So if you can get that kind of fun out of a computer brain, there's a ray of hope in that for me. It's like everybody could use a good joke. I ask, uh, you know who? Alexa, to tell me jokes all the time. And when the grandkids come over, one of their favorite things is, Alexa, tell a kid's joke. It's entertaining and it's fun. Kids are so natural with Alexa and, and devices like that. We have a, a little friend who comes over and stays for a couple hours periodically. And the first thing he does is he walks up to Alexa and says, Alexa, play twerk videos. <laughs> <laughs> You you gotta love that. It's really great. It's really fun. The generation coming of age now, it's going to become part of their fabric. I can tell you, all all the students at Caltech are already using this thing. And your challenge is to figure out what Oof. they're adding to what Chat GPT uses as a baseline. Exactly. Exactly. I think an interesting aspect we might want to consider is we're sitting here talking about all the things that Chat GPT could do, but it does come at a price. And the price is that not as important as it used to be issue of privacy. Oh, no, that's not true at all. You recall my comment about trying to get my own bio? I think they've put up the privacy walls on that particular technology to the point where they don't have to worry about that. Now, there will be other AIs that privacy will be an issue, but I don't see it at ChatGPT unless they change their their algorithm. Except if you kind of unthinkingly volunteer your personal information. Once you let ChatGPT know your age, maybe your social security number, whatever, it's there. By the nature of the, the response I got, what I surmised from that was, if I tell you my information, you'll use it for something that I ask you to do, but it's not going to share it with anybody else. I don't know that. Gary, come on, tell us. ChatGPT has that information. ChatGPT has human 
generated filters built into it. And I think it's a good thing. I think the way we're going to live with ChatGPT is accept regulation. Mm. And I think that you're seeing the first signs of it, which to me are encouraging. It says that for at least those AI models and those AI tools that are used in a popular sense, there's going to be some serious filters on them, which is a grand thing, I think. I'm happy with that. But the data is still being collected. Richard, ChatGPT knows you're still dead. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. Oh boy. <laughs> I think we are probably learning to accept the fact that to get the benefits, we have to pay the price. We have to give up some amount of privacy. And I'm personally happy with it at this point. Well, you know what? This occurred to me while we were talking about this. We're looking for advantages. We're looking for ways chat GPT can improve our lives. Well, one of them could be the way we use and learn about chat GPT and, and other AI. Richard talked about how quickly the younger generation uh, adapts to new technology. And we've all seen that. We all know that. So wouldn't it be great if it was a way for us older folks to connect with our kids and grandkids and have them walk us through the new technology. Look, Grandpa, this is what mm -hmm. this thing does. And look, Dad, this is what this one does. We already know that things like Zoom calls and FaceTime are a wonderful way to keep the generations connected. So let's use the technology in the most positive ways. Let's use the technology to stay connected. I hadn't thought of ChatGPT or this type of AI as a communications tool, but there's nothing saying you can't have multi-party conversations where the context is expanded to include other people. We don't even know where this is going in the practical daily use, but I guarantee it's going to be bigger than we can imagine right now. It doesn't have to be big and bad. It can no, be it doesn't have to be great. bad. I believe it's going to be big. I believe these models are going to get better. The refinements are going to make it so that it's much more effective. That ChatGPT won't hallucinate as much as it does today. Well, it's already hallucinating less than it did three or four months ago. That's right. We may find out that Richard's alive. <laughs> oh, please. And, and maybe the Camp Codger podcast is, it was a tool that it used to learn what it was it was supposed to, oh to do and not do. How about that? Maybe Chad GPT is listening to us as we speak. Let me ask you guys, I have not used Bing. I have not used Bard. I've only done GPT. And I find GPT to be incredibly accessible. It's not a daunting technology from the kind of unknowing user standpoint. The accessibility of Chad GPT is very real. We're going to find things like better conversations with chatbots. You call a, a customer service line, and pretty soon you're talking to a robot that's basically listening to your text, converting it, and then trying to make decisions about where to send you next. Those are really pretty brain-dead pieces of software. ChatGPT could make one of the more miserable experiences, talking to a computer, <laughs> less miserable. That's good. Guys, do you have any last thoughts on ChatGPT? I think that we're all going to become more and more comfortable using it. As I said, it's easily accessible. We can use it for all kinds of really mundane daily things, meal planning, vacation planning. It's going to become part of the culture. It's going to become part of what we do. 
it'll be as, as easy to use and as commonly accepted as Google search. Yes. I'm optimistic. I agree with you guys. I think there's hope. You know, we have to regulate it. We have to be aware of what it can do. And we have to be aware that it is a computer. It is a computer system that can fail and have flaws. But, you know, it tells a pretty good joke, and that's something I look for in a computer. <laughs> I think of nothing else. If you can get a good laugh a day out of Chad GPT, it's worth signing up. Absolutely. There may come a day when your Camp Codger counselors are replaced by Chat GPT Codgerbots. These digital codgers will speak in complete grammatically correct sentences, stay on topic, bore our listeners to death with uninspiring topics, and never, ever laugh. I'm guessing that myself, Randy, and Richard will be long gone before that happens. So, for the foreseeable future, you're stuck with the three of us dispensing our brilliant bits of rocking chair wisdom. Thanks for listening, and leave a comment or drop us an email with your thoughts on ChatGPT and AI. Tune us next week when Richard mourns the death of the sports section in the print editions of daily newspapers. He remembers just how important that section was as he developed into an avid newspaper reader as a kid, and ultimately to his long career in journalism. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to Camp Codger in your favorite podcast app, or sign up on our website. As always, we would love to hear from you. Drop us an email at campcodger at gmail.com, post a comment at www.campcodger.com, or leave a voicemail at 505-216-6171.